This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Come on. Why is this a conversation? This should just be happening immediately. And Willis. They were like, yeah, you can't get this for four more days. Here you go. And I was like, I'm buying the Departed right now. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode. Uh, It is... I don't even know. It's September. Yep. Uh, we're here still, still rocking and rolling with <laughs> fall is coming. That's what I was going for, I guess. Yes. Uh, yes. Still rocking and rolling with pixel splitters. Uh, we got a few things to talk about today. Mm. Uh, the first thing we have to touch on is the uh, box office performance of the woman King. Yes. Uh, Viola Davis's new badass movie. It literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that and how it did and what that means, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're also going to talk about DVDs, those things you used to have a thousand of. Maybe still yes. do have a thousand of. Um, yeah. Maybe never had a thousand of. Right. But what they meant back in the day uh, in terms of a secondary market, what it means kind of now that that's not there and how that really plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to talk in a similar kind of vein about streaming and cable. And for the first time... Hours streamed by people has exceeded hours watched of cable. Cable watched. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so that's big news. And we're going to kind of talk about what that means in terms of like award ceremonies, because the yeah. Emmys were on cable. Well, the yep. Emmys were on TV, on regular TV. Well, I guess it wasn't cable, but yeah. Yeah. And they were very rushed. Yeah. A problem that's not really had on streaming. So we're going to get right. into all that. Um, before we do that, Josh, do you want to uh, get into some releases for this week? I definitely do, because, oh boy, everybody, this week in theatrical is the Don't Worry Darling week, and because it's it premieres here. on Friday, September 23rd, I don't know why they always put that. It always has a Thursday theatrical release, so like technically it comes out today, so you could be seeing it but right after you listen to this podcast. Um, the uh, shout out my wife, the 23rd of September is our anniversary, and oh. we will not be going to see Don't Worry <sighs> Darling. You don't, want to, you don't want to celebrate with Florence and Harry Styles. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Olivia Wilde's new movie that has been like controversial, controversial to say the very least. And I cannot wait to see it because nobody knows what's going to be happening. And with this movie, is it going to be yes. good? Is it going to bomb? Who knows? But I'm going to be seeing it on Thursday today just because why not? We will have to have a debate next week about whether or not. Because it, it's, I feel like it's going to do some numbers. It could it do nothing. Uh, but we'll have to have a debate about whether any numbers it did were because of the draw of the movie or the draw of the drama. Yes. And by, by the quality of the film, we'll know the answer of that. Yes. Um, also premiering this week, tomorrow, Friday, September 23rd, Moon Age Daydream, the Bowie doc. Yes. coming out with apparently a whole bunch of unseen footage from him direct this is directed by brett morgan i said this in the, <laughs> this this movie is directed by brett morgan it looks gorgeous it looks like something that you should see in imax 
on the biggest screen. I think it's only yeah. playing in IMAX um, yeah. with the loudest sound system ever. It looks beautiful. I'm a big David Bowie fan, so me too. I will probably be checking this out at some point because um, it just looks amazing. And then we have Big Jim Avatar is re-releasing in IMAX this weekend, Friday, September 23rd. Possibly, I... <laughs> possibly rearranging some of the like highest grossing movies of all time. Yes. You know, because yes. there's been like, oh. oh, it beat Avatar. Oh, it beat Avatar. But here comes Avatar again being like, well, you know, let's add another you know, 200 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll we'll really be talking about Avatar more in the later portion of our yes. podcast here because it has a lot to do with that. We um, may have to do like a Avatar review episode purely just to be like, what does this all mean? I think we definitely will because it's a kind of an anomaly, um, and Jim Cameron is an anomaly in itself. So yes, uh, but that's all for streaming, or f- that's all for theatrical. For streaming, we've got a bunch of stuff coming out this week. The first thing uh, premiered a couple days ago on Hulu. It's Reboot, which is a new comedy series starring Rachel Bloom, uh, Judy Greer, Johnny Knoxville, Keegan Michael Key. Um, and the, the tagline is essentially, Reboot is about the dysfunctional cast of an early 2000s hit sitcom, Step Right Up, who must face their unresolved issues and navigate social media cancel culture when a young writer pitches a reboot of their show. So it's very meta. It's one of the most meta shows that you can think of. Um, yeah. But the cast looks good. I actually, I'm kind of excited for this. I've been like watching the trailers. I'm like, this seems like it's going to be like a solid sitcom. Yeah, and it's Hulu, and they tend to have a pretty decent track yeah. record as being a Disney thing. So excited to see Johnny Knoxville actually yeah. like try and act. Yeah, not get thrown off of a cl- yeah. cliff. <laughs> like I feel like Johnny Knox Johnny. I feel like Johnny Knoxville can act, but he I can. feel like I don't know how many times I've actually seen it. it it's it's interesting because he's been a lot of time just getting hit in the nuts uh, for our pleasure. Yeah. So that's something. Um, Abbott Elementary. Is back really? yesterday. Yes. Uh, ABC I had no idea. Hulu. Yeah. So it's back. Thank God, because I needed more Abbott Elementary yeah. in my life. We Actually, ABC is having a banner week. Lego Masters and The Masked Singer are both back this week on Wednesday. Obsessed so. with Lego Masters. Yeah. I am done with Masked Singer. Yeah. Coming from someone who was like, got me into I have Singer. watched. I have watched every episode thus far of the mass singer and last yeah. season i was just like the whole time i was like i can't, I can't oh, God. with this show anymore i just so you're done i'm done i'm out Sorry. there it is there it is lego master is amazing i mean absolutely so good. <laughs> and impressive we also have Andor premiering yes. yesterday on disney plus both of us no doubt have seen it already but we're not going to talk about it this week we're going to talk about it next week yes um because I am so excited for this show. I mean, it's it's one of the shows um, that I it's one of the Star Wars shows that I didn't have to convince myself looked good just because yeah. of things that I recognize. This is a show that I'm like, this just looks good. Looks like they took their time, and I can't wait. Yep. Truly, yeah. I can't wait. Um, Rogue One, one of the best Star Wars movies ever. So it's true. <laughs> I do want to. I want to put one thing out there because I, I I feel like I have to mention this, but I don't know where I'd put it elsewhere. Yeah. Haven't been back to Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah. I watched the first episode and I keep being like, I got to watch. I got to watch Lord of the Rings. Got to watch Lord of the Rings. Haven't been back. But Thrones. Thrones I'm caught. Thrones I watch live every Sunday night. Now, isn't that interesting? It's uh, it's a very weird mentality to me because I'm just like, I don't know. Weird. That's 
that that will require some dissecting in a further episode because that's very interesting. Um, yeah. The last thing I want to mention is Bob's Burgers coming back uh, this Sunday on Fox. One of the best show, one of the best animated shows ever. <laughs> Absolutely Excellent. amazing. We Excellent. get more Bob's Burgers new season. So, uh, so yeah. So that's what's coming out this week, guys. And uh, let's get right on into this here episode. Yes, let's do it. All right. So let's talk about the Woman King. Let's do it. Viola Davis. Uh, you saw this this weekend? No. Or no. I'm seeing this as of when we record tomorrow, as of when this comes out, two days ago. So, yes, I have seen this, but I haven't. On Tuesday. On Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be less cryptic about it. So, so yes, I'm, see, I'm, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, let's bring up the numbers here. Uh, yeah. Did 19 million this weekend? Yeah. Not a huge number, but like not a low number. Yeah. Especially for a film like this. So, The Woman King, uh, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, who did Love and Basketball, The Secret Life of Bees, uh, a very, very uh, talented filmmaker, uh, starring Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch, John Boyega, um, is a film basically about this ancient tribe of African warriors who are all women, who nobody really knew about because nobody... It, it, it was known, but nobody taught about this. Like, this was something that Viola Davis was saying. She's like, why weren't we taught about this? Yeah. Like, what, this is important for not just, like, history and culture, but this is important for people, for women, for girls, for women of color. Like, this is huge. Like, why did nobody teach us about this? Um, so there's a lot of factors that went into this movie that for American audiences could have been difficult to mm-hmm. wrap their heads around which is part of the reason I think that this is not like shocking that it did well, but it's it's endear- It's really cool because it's like this yeah. could have gone either way. It really could have gone either way. But people are loving this movie. It has the highest score, cinema score, since Top Gun Maverick, and they're both yeah. A+. And that's not easy at yeah. all. That's, a, that's, that's almost 100% like saying, yes, this is an amazing film. Like, that's pretty crazy. And... Yeah, it's just one of those things where I can't wait to see it because of the buzz. People are just like, this is yeah. not just a like an informative historical document as a film, but it's also just really good and really entertaining. And I'm like, that's let's let's go. Like this 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 wasn't a guaranteed thing. Yeah. This movie could have very easily been like kind of just folded into the 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 background. Um a hundred percent. But it, it it's so much i don't even know i don't even know how to phrase what i'm trying to say but like it's so much more important and epic that it's like not only like great and inspiring but like also people everyone's saying it's really really good yeah absolutely and again it, these like we talk about this sometimes but it's one of those like imaginary hurdles where this shouldn't be a film that people are like ooh is this going to do good like yeah. it should have been, it should have came out of, I forget where it, it might've premiered at tip. I can't remember where this premiered, but after that it should have been just like, Oh yeah, this movie's going to just absolutely gonna crush, the box yeah. office. Yeah. Instead of, Ooh, let's just tiptoe around and see if American audiences are ready for something this powerful. And I'm glad it was, that, it was Tiff. It was Toronto. It was Tiff. Okay. So yeah. that was just very recently, yeah. which makes sense. It just came out, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so uh, the response was 
I'm glad it got the response that it did because it's a quality film, clearly, that's about something really, really important. Yeah. Um, and I'm very curious to see how it fares up as we move on. Like, is it going to continue to crush the box office? Because we've got yeah. a fairly interesting end of September into October coming for, for releases. So I want to see this momentum continue. I mean, again, I'm seeing it soon and I'm just, I'm, I haven't been this excited to watch a movie in a while. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, let's go. It's interesting it, when you look at the woman King versus something like, don't worry, darling. Like I know. <laughs> those are two very different audiences. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it'll be interesting to see those two go head to head in terms of like box office supremacy, just because it's like, I don't know what's the the bigger draw like a wonderful film about like an empowered black woman or like yeah. all of the drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know? it's two women filmmakers going head to head. Yeah. I, we, actually, I wonder when that's happened before on a box office weekend cuz That's like, true. You know, that would be an interesting thing to look up, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously Hollywood is very still uh, very shrouded in yeah. misogynist, misogynistic tendencies and, and all that stuff. So I, I, it's funny because I know Don't Worry Darling is going to do well. Because when I was mm -hmm. getting tickets for it like last week, the whole theater was filled up already. And I'm like, it's Don't Worry Darling, guys. Like, it's not <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens. And I don't think we've seen something like this maybe ever before. There's also um, a debate to be had. Sorry to continue with no. that line of thought there of there's the opening weekend, but then the secondary weekend is also like a whole different conversation, you know? Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, we could compare the woman King and don't worry, darling. Yeah. Next weekend. Um, but let's compare the woman King week two with don't worry, darling week two. Right. That to me is much more interesting comparison. True. Cause opening weekend, like, if it's got enough buzz, people are going to go see yeah. it. And I, think I mean, people are going to go see Don't Worry Darling first weekend yeah. because it's all anyone's been talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so great. I, I, yeah. And honestly, this could be the difference between an actually a really quality film and a film that just has a lot of... Because The Woman King, like, I'd seen things about it, but yeah. there's no press on this like i hadn't yeah. heard anything about this you know whereas again like you said don't worry darling is shrouded in just controversy and just awfulness basically from all yeah. sides so it'll be interesting to see and I, I want i want them both to do well regardless but yeah I, I, you know it i can't wait to see what happens i mean I, yeah no continue what were you gonna say no i was gonna say i i feel like um the woman king is one of those movies that has the potential to do Maybe not number one numbers, but like numbers for four, five, six weeks running, you know, yeah. just like maintain an audience. Yeah. As word gets around more and more that it's like, you know, fantastic. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. It's like this movie is it, it, like, I think it's loosely based on things that happened in history. As I was reading about, they're like, it's not it doesn't 100 sure. percent accurately depict things, but that's fine. But yeah. making a film that is a historical movie and also making it entertaining to watch and keep yeah. you there for two and a half, whatever, however long the, the, the runtime is for this. I have 2.15. I have it okay. right in front of me here. So that's, <laughs> that's not, yeah. Uh, like, that's not an easy thing to do, man. Like, people fail at that all the time where you watch films and you're like, 
so I just I just can't wait. It looks so much fun. It yeah. looks really really. It looks. I wonder if this is going to be a Viola Davis, uh, another Viola Davis Oscar nom here. I I feel like I would put money <laughs> that it's at least a nomination if it's yeah. not. Like you talk about major performances. Like I haven't heard much buzz around this movie. Yeah, you know. But I've heard buzz around Viola Davis in yeah. this movie for yeah. months and months and months. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, I keep saying, like, especially a movie that's good having not, like, seen it yet. Right, but, right. <laughs> um, from what I've been hearing, you know, um, I don't know. I'm really jazzed to see this, too. I, I'm, yeah. like, it just looks so fucking badass it looks so badass and you know how i know that this is doing well and people are reacting well is because the the racist comments haven't broken through the positive critiques on not critiques but the positive you know affirmations on this film which is how you know that like the first thing isn't like oh my god like the the woke culture is you know like people are just saying like go see this movie this movie's amazing the performances are great uh the directing is amazing um and we don't get movies like this and not just about this subject matter but like i i don't remember the last time i've seen a movie that's like this that's depicted in this time period about these types of people like i just yeah yeah, it just makes me happy and i can't wait to see it on the biggest screen i possibly can and i hope (laughs) everybody does too like truly it's one of those things so I was trying to think of some way to get into the DVD yeah. thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, would you buy the Woman King on DVD? <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about DVDs. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, let's and start Blu-ray. by saying, uh, yeah, let's start by saying DVDs, we're including Blu-rays. Um, don't get generational on us. It's the same concept. Same thing. VHS, you know, call it that. VHS, know. Laserdisc. Sure. Is there one more in there? I feel like there's one other format in there. Digital downloads. Betamax. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> or digital, sure. You go forward from VHS, I go yeah. backwards from VHS. But yeah, so. Where did DVDs go, man? Where are they going? Where did DVDs go? <laughs> what? How big is your current DVD collection, Josh? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't looked at it in a minute, but it's Ballpark probably it. down to about 10 or 15. Oh, tiny. Okay. Yeah, no, I've got, I basically don't have them. I don't have anything to really watch them on, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I used to have a massive DVD collection. I, mm-hmm. I think I was close to like five or 600 DVDs. Ooh. A lot of them because like I would go to like ver- dating myself. I would go to Virgin Megastore and like oh dig through God. the $5 bin and be yeah. like, yeah, I'm going home with four DVDs, you know? Yeah. And it was like a whole thing. It was like, that was how you showcase your tap, your, your taste. Right. I, at this point, have probably around the same, maybe 10 Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. I do have a Blu-ray player. Mm. Um, shout out to Greg Skelly, who gave me a Blu-ray player <laughs> right before I left Hunts. Let's um, go. But, like, I watch everything on streaming. Yeah, yeah. So, I think we've established here at this point that uh, DVD slash Blu-ray sales are not what they once were. No, no. I don't know the last time I even looked at like a Blu-ray. I don't know. I like the last time I've been like, you know what I should get? I should get the Blu-ray of this. You know what I did the other day when I was at a Target was I went to the Blu-ray section. It was a smaller <laughs> Target uh, and it was so sad. There was like maybe 20 yeah. and they were all movies that came out this year. Yeah. Like every movies that came out like three weeks ago, like some of them. And I'm like, oh, and they were all still here. Some of them, a lot of them were discounted. I'm like, 
oh lord yeah <laughs> they're done it's like they're, they're done. like let me get these out of here yeah i guess yeah, we still just, have to stop. i'm sure there are still people out there who live and breathe by this stuff oh yeah um, yeah Sean i remember said. going to kim's video in new york city um yeah because kim's i don't i feel like i'm narking on somebody here but like kim's would always release the dvds when they got them in store on tuesday Mm. as opposed to when they were supposed to release on friday so you could always go and get the dvds like three or four days ahead of time that's and they're always had like a freaking like 140 percent markup like Mm -hmm. i think i paid i don't even remember but i bought the departed the Mm -hmm. day it came out at kim's on dvd and paid so much money for it like 30 Um, bucks (laughs) no it was probably around 60 bucks oh it was like they were like, yeah, you can't get this for four more days. Here you go. And I was like, I'm I'm buying the departed right now. Yeah, it's exclusive, man. You're paying triple. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was a thing. I it think it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh to tie it into like the kind of stuff that we usually talk about here on Pixel Splitters, mm-hmm. it was a thing for studios too. Yes. The profits coming from DVD and Blu-ray sales were and vhs and laserdisc were massive sometimes more than the the box office itself yeah yeah Yeah, there were plenty of movies that were like well this bombed at the box office but then gained a cult following and we like made up the money that we lost on it in dvd sales yep not so much with that anymore not at all (laughs) and like you know there's like the argument of oh well there's streaming you know, there's rights and things from that, but like, but that's like, that's like the Spotify thing of, yeah, Spotify pays artists, but like not nearly as much as if you buy it, their CD. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. They quote unquote, you get paid and it's yeah. to them, it's no different. And then to everyone else is like, well, we're not making nearly as much as we used to. So the interesting thing to ask there is like, without this secondary generation of generations not the right word secondary round of yeah. profits what's a poor studio to do <laughs> oh woe is paramount um woe is paramount <laughs> i mean it's an interesting thing because they have to make their profits in the box office now yeah like literally have to that's just insanity yeah and like we talk so often about like, oh, well, is theaters, are theaters dead? Like is streaming the future of everything? Like, right. and there's so much to be said of like, who knows what the profit basis is for a streaming movie? Yeah. You know, like I was just talking about um, on, ooh, spoiler for tuned in this week. Ooh. Uh, I was talking about Operation Mincemeat and straight to Netflix, like, Who's to say if that made any money? Who's to say if it's plus or minus on its like sheet? Like, yeah, who knows? How can there's, you tell? There's no money to tell. So what are we? What are we saying here? I feel like I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm <laughs> vamping almost, but like, uh, well, it's difficult because basically what's been happening is and we've talked about this before but there's an entire section of films that just are not created anymore because of this yeah. thing because they made like 
it's a big reason why comedies and rom- well rom-coms don't exist anymore but the r- big reason why comedies don't go straight to theaters it's the reason why all these big tentpole films go straight to theaters only yeah. is because they know they'll get butts in seats um, yeah and you can't just put out a, f- a five or not five but 15 million dollar movie have it make 15 million dollars and then have it make another 20 million dollars in dvd or blu-ray sales that just yeah. doesn't exist anymore which is like it's it's putting everyone, all the studios, all the creators into a corner where they're like, this is what you have to do to get your movie to a theater and have yeah. it make sense for the studio. Um, and like we can we count Netflix as a studio with streaming. Like everything has become so convoluted and just what's happening because yeah. again, like you said, Red Notice was streamed for like whatever a hundred million hours or something. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, does that mean? anything in terms of profit which as we know everything is based off of profit yeah and so a hundred million hours is like yeah i'm sure netflix has some kind of internal like metric that's like oh well that like if it streams for x hours that makes up our 200 million dollar budget for or the gray man where it's like yeah like yeah sure here's this thing like, but those, all those metrics for any of the streamers really are vague, shrouded in mystery. Yeah. So the interesting thing, like, is taking streaming sort of out of the equation for a minute here. Yeah. If I'm making a film and I know that my only source of income from this, of any substance, is going to be from the box office. Mm, and yeah. I, I'm saying this as studio head because, you know, yeah. ego. Uh, but... <laughs> The risks that I'm going to take are significantly diminished. Yeah. You know, like if I'm going to spend $100 million on something and I need to get back, you know, $150 million after like advertising and whatnot to break even. Right. Not even make a profit. If I'm like, if I do not take a loss on this, I have to make $150 million. Right. That better be something that we know is going to work. Right. Because to tie it back, it's not like I'm like, all right, well, we made $100 million. Like, I can probably pull another $50 million from DVD sales or from overseas sales, which is also a thing that's, like, worth exploring and whatnot. But, like, totally for the sake of this conversation, like, yeah, like, that's your number. Like, what it does in the two to five weeks that it's in theaters top gun not included but like sure you know in the two to five like that's your number right and i mean 45 days even like you know we're talking yeah six weeks like yeah that's what you get that's your number i'm not like gonna take a risk on something that no one's ever heard of that like could just be they could just go out and make $20 million and then I'm, you know, $130 million in the hole. Are you kidding me? That's absurd. Right. right. And that's it. You know, maybe that's have a life on streaming, but like if nobody sees yeah, it. Yeah. And maybe I'll make like, you know, another 500 grand from my, yeah. my streaming thing or something like that. Cool. Great. I'm still down $130 million. Right. So that I think is kind of a good indicator of the kind of shift that we've been seeing yeah in theaters and why not in terms of like what the big stuff that comes out is you know yeah 
always like much more dependable and anything that's not, and we've talked about this on, on the podcast before, anything that's not super dependable pops up straight to streaming. Right, right. It's inter- It's really weird right now because I feel like in a way, word of mouth is coming back around for movies mm-hmm. because there's a number of films that really shouldn't have done any numbers just because they're so small. And yeah. a lot of this has to do with A24 being really good at picking good projects, but stuff yeah. like Barbarian and stuff like Everything Everywhere All at Once being like, oh, these are smash successes because people are telling each other to go see this movie in a theater, you know? Yeah. And th- Maybe it's just the fact that A24 and like studios like Neon or Annapurna are like really good at picking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or even what what's uh, Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's uh, production company. Yeah. Like they're they're so, they're good at picking stuff. Um, but like I, I don't know what it. Maybe like they just have to rely on a better quality of film because honestly, we saw from Thor: Love and Thunder, it didn't really make as much money as it should yeah. have. Like it made like six, seven hundred million, which is like obviously an insane amount of money. But like we were looking at every one of these cracking the billion dollar mark at a certain point, you know? Yeah. And that just isn't, in fact, not only did that not happen, but Taika's like, I'm not going to do another Thor movie because like nobody liked my Thor movie. And I'm like, well, yeah, there, there it go. is. Um, so, so yeah, I, is quality becoming like <laughs> the thing? Like, I like don't know. more important. in a weird way. Yeah. Did you see Top Gun? Yeah. Not yet. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I know you It's going to happen. <laughs> I I'm <know> like <laughs> every, every Friday I roll the dice. I'm like, is it still here? And it's still there. <laughs> so. You're going to be like, oh, it's not there. All right. It's well. <laughs> literally like, I'm going to be like, okay, Friday, I'm going. And then here we like, go. nope, done. It's gone. Um, But even with Top Gun, it's a good movie. Like it's a strong yeah. movie. Nope is a good movie. Like these are the movies that are making their money back in some um, and then you have stuff like Thor, which is like, I would be not surprised if the MCU starts to have a drastic fall off, not to bring everything mm-hmm. back to that, but because of phase four and the fact that it's not strong and people are like, this isn't yeah. really that good. And then maybe they'll go see stuff like, I don't know, like men and barbarian and, and well, here's so and- to, to play off of that. I don't even necessarily think that it's, that it's not good. It's that it's mm cookie cutter almost at this point ah uh, yes yeah and people are getting to the point where they're like i we're, we've strayed so far from dvd sales but people have, are getting to the point where it's like i know what's gonna i i knew exactly what thor and Th- love and thunder was gonna be like yeah exactly you know what i mean and it's like a, okay well I, I want not that cookie cutter thing let me go to something else and that's what we're getting Right. That's what everything everywhere is. That's what the woman king is. That's what, yes. um, you know, uh, X or yeah. um, give me more here. Uh, barbarian or barbarian uh, or yeah, like all kinds of different stuff. Like that's what we're getting is variation. Yes. Um, nope. Even. Yeah. Nope. Even. Yeah. And, you know, like it, it helps that that variation is excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um but like that's it's like it's almost like we have to come back to D, to try and tie it back to DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Because the DVDs aren't there, it's like we're almost getting two aspects coming in together in fatigue of MCU and whatnot is driving people to 
search out things that are less cookie cutter. Yes, agreed. In that same vein, the studios need to invest in things that are dependable. Mm. But if like the big tentpole things are less dependable because they're cookie cutter, let's I'm uh, viewers, listeners should know I'm like making a lot of hand gestures right now, uh, kind of <laughs> putting all that. I, I guess you can't even see them on camera, but like, no, putting all yeah here, I'll go up here, putting all different like pieces uh, on a chessboard, I guess. Um, yeah. And now I've completely derailed my point. But this audience is looking for variety. Studios looking for dependability. Yes. What has variety and is dependable? Yeah. Good movies. Yes. Like that, like if without a DVD base to be like, even like, you know, you could put out anything because like, oh yeah, this is a shitty movie, but like people will find it for in a $5 bin and pay out. And then that's three more dollars in our pocket. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, that's kind of, I think where we're landing, which is like really exciting. Yes. That like, oh, like. Are you saying that like good movies might become like the standard for what studios want to put out? Sounds um, good to me. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not going to do like end game numbers or furious, like furious 10 is going to be huge. Sure. Avatar is going to be huge, but sure. Woman King pulling $19 million at the box office. Yeah. You know, uh, I think they had like a 50 million production budget, which like, you know, <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna knock that out. They're the gonna knock that weeks. out, easy, um, especially easy. after the first week where it's uh, such good word of mouth. But like, exactly, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. People are gonna go, and that's why it's so interesting to take a look at the second weekend for all of these yeah. movies because that's when we see is this gonna fall off or not. And um, but it's like yeah, like Nope and Everything Everywhere. They both passed a hundred million dollars, and these are movies yeah. that are weird 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 really good but really weird movies um yeah i wonder is it more beneficial to not release on a streamer and just do vod like top gun did for a while it probably is right like that'll make up some of your lost revenue well that's that's a good question that would be i wonder that that makes me wonder um how much of because i paid 20 dollars to see nope as i'm going to continue to say every time we talk about nope. <laughs> how much of it. that is really going to nope. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. For lack of a better uh eh, fair term. But like I mean, it, who knows? Like I don't think Amazon's going, yeah, you're going to get your standard dollar and we're going to, you know, recoup $19 on this. I don't think any right lawyer is signing off on that contract, but No. I don't know. I mean, there's something I feel like the the VOD streaming thing is a DVD stopgap. Yeah, but um, only to a point because people ah well it'll be on a streamer if it's on VOD I can expect yeah. it in the next like month or so which is kind yeah. of a yeah it's weird but DVDs are gone they're literally never coming back so <laughs> do you think that's true I DVDs sure but physical we'll media physical media Blu-rays I guess <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation to dive into but yeah I mean. I... I don't know. I think at some point people will be like, well, I want to keep things again and put it on a yeah. hard drive. But then it's like, well, hard drives, they go out of, you know, you're going to have to transfer from hard drive to hard drive as generations go up. And yeah, it's just nothing. All of this is will be obsolete at some point. And it's yeah. just, I don't know. We're, we're in kind of no man's land 
right now where we don't know what's what could possibly yeah. happen right now and that's kind of exciting and also kind of scary so you know it is yeah. what it is we'll see keeping in theme with streaming yes streaming and streaming the uh, battling other things <laughs> yeah uh so news came down this yeah. i think it was this week this past week within the last couple at least yeah now. it's recently that the amount of time that U.S. audiences spent watching online TV streamers uh, surpassed cable for the first time ever. Which is wild. Which is a big marker. Yeah. Streamers accounted for 34.8% of all TV consumed in July, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And cable TV accounted for 34.4%. Yeah. Um, so 0.4% difference, but but that's going to get bigger. Yes, it will. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised at this point that that hadn't already been passed. I am surprised that it's that low. Yeah. But yeah. it just goes to show how many people were still watching cable, which is yeah. kind of crazy. And I wonder how much of that's like a generational thing, like how many yeah. people are, you know, because I mean, I know my parents still have cable and they really. Yeah. Well, and they just like watch. Yeah, you know what I mean? On, like yeah. what? And I, you know, I had cable for like a six month period, like four or five years ago. Hmm. Um, it might have, this might, might have been like eight years ago at this point, but um, literally because I got cold called and they were like, you know, it'll be cheaper for you to have Internet and cable oh, Willis. than to just have Internet. And I was like, OK, OK. And it <laughs> took like thirty dollars off of my bill and I had cable. So I was like, it's pretty good. So going off of that super uh, <laughs> current reference, I uh, I just turn it on. Yeah. It's like you just turn it on and there's always something there and there's a thousand channels. So it becomes less um, selective, I guess. Um, Definitely less. You can, you can actually browse and be like, oh, this is on. Yeah. This is on. I can just throw this on versus like you have everything at your disposal to watch. Yeah. Which is overwhelming. I haven't started in the middle of a movie. Mm. in like since i had cable how would you you know what i mean yeah it's like press play and then scroll to the middle <laughs> Re just like resume from a movie that you watched part of like two years ago you're like oh okay i guess okay so yeah so more people streaming than watching cable um yeah yeah I, like that's where it's gonna go for sure all of the stuff that we talk about on here you know, like we're never talking about cable or broadcast shows, really. Never, never. Like, I don't think at all. I mean, you know, I there's the the classic broadcast ones of like Blue Bloods and um, like I don't even like I was watching football the other day and they were like, watch the FBI's. And it was like three different FBI movies, which I'm like, or shows. OK, Um, sure. Chicago PD. Chicago yeah, Fire, there you go. Chicago Rescue. Yeah, the Chicago series. Um, CIS. <laughs> all cop shows, I guess. <laughs> and it's all it's all cops, hospitals, and fire. Oh, I mean, even like I mentioned, like Abbott and a couple other shows that were premiering on ABC, but they're also coming to Hulu. Yeah. So like, it's a cable premiere, but 
it's you can I'm gonna watch it on stream. Like I'm gonna watch it on Hulu, obviously. So it's kind of like a if yeah. you have cable, here it is. For everybody well, else, it's here. Yeah, and and to that effect, like you know, I watch Shadows on uh, Hulu, which I believe is a FX show. Yep. You know, yep. I watch. There's like there's shows that I watch them start on cable or whatever, but like, I, you know. I don't miss them because I don't have cable. Right. And I wonder what the That's, split is between who watches those on cable versus who watches that on Hulu. Like, I, Well, I wonder if there are shows that you can only watch on cable. I can't imagine there are anymore. Right? I doubt it. I doubt it. Like, I would bet if I spent two minutes, I could start watching Chicago Fire. Guaranteed. Yeah. I don't even know what channel it's on, but like, I have Paramount Plus. Like, there yeah. is ABC. It's yeah. all on who like, yeah. Um, yeah. So the interesting question that this raises, if anything that you could want to watch that's on cable, you could also find on streaming. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, why? I feel like this is like topic 3.5. I feel like we're kind of Definitely. going into another thing here, but uh, why? Oh, why <laughs> are we still obligated to watch award ceremonies on broadcast? Important distinction, I feel like, because they're not on cable. They're usually on like NBC or CBS or Fox or whatever. Yeah. But why not just stream these? We've brought this up multiple times. Yeah. (laughs) Like so, we we're bringing it up again because uh, the Emmys were just a couple weekends ago, and. One of the biggest complaints about the whole thing was how rushed it was. Mm-hmm. I think when, uh, spoilers, when Ted Lasso won, because uh, everyone's going back to watch the. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> spoilers, damn it. Um, when Ted Lasso uh, won for best comedy, mm-hmm. by the time the 20 some odd people that had to gather on the stage got up there, they were their clock only had about 30 seconds left and they had mm-hmm. to do their whole thing before they were played off. Right. Same with Jennifer Coolidge when she won for uh, best supporting actress. Yes. Um, they started playing her off because mm-hmm. she had spoken for, you know, maybe 20, 30 seconds mm-hmm. and then the time was up and they had to continue because they have to fit it into a three hour period because that's what sold to, I think it was ABC. I think you're right. I'm not hundred percent sure. So why are we still doing this? Because if it's all going to be streaming anyway, why not just have it be streamed on HBO or Hulu or, you know, Paramount Plus? Like, yeah, why not yeah. just stream it there? And who gives a damn how long it is? Who cares? We brought this up at the Oscars earlier this year. It's yeah. like they were cutting. I mean, they cut eight categories for the sake of time. I'm like, what what are we still doing here? Like what's happening? Yeah. What time? I mean, we're not I'm not it hasn't even occurred to me like allotted time slots these days. Cause I'm like, things just drop out of midair. And yeah. like, oh, it drops and there's a two and a half hour long uh Stranger Things episode. Yeah. And that seems weird, but like we're all okay. Okay. You know? I'll suffer through that. Yeah. Cool. And so with this, it's like this is the no-brainer of the century. Like, just stream it so that everybody gets their time. You can even do, like, a... You don't have to make it be one show. You could do the red carpet simultaneous to, like, the awards so you don't have to cut anybody's, uh, like, categories. Like, I just don't... I just... 
it well, seems I can't like do a them no-brainer. simultaneously because the same well, people sure, have to be sure. in two different locations. Come but on. that's what they did last year is they did the red carpet while they were doing those awards that they cut. Yeah. So I'm like, if you're going to do this, like, what's happening here, guys? Like, yeah. let's just, you know. Well, and those that are going to be dedicated enough to watch all of the Emmys or all of the Oscars yeah. aren't going to give a damn if it's no. four hours or four and a half hours. Give me more. Give me every category. Yeah. Every single so, one. So what's the argument here for doing this? On cable or on streaming? Uh, yeah. Well, no. For Why is it still on broadcast? For me, it's got to be a money situation because they can sell ad time because yeah, it's primetime. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's Sunday night at, you know, seven. Right. Um, Or Monday night at eight for the emmys which is weird yeah, but like you know it's yeah. prime time tv um totally. which can have a higher ad sell sure mm-hmm. um so like you get money from from broadcasting it mm-hmm. which i get but that ties us back to the same kind of conversation we were just having about dvd sales it's like well what's to say that streaming the oscars on paramount plus is not as profitable as you know running an ad running an ad sale for primetime right Oscar yeah spots. and i get i mean i do get that but if nobody's tuning in like every year all the award shows just dip in viewership so hard that the the networks that they premiere on are like is this even worth it for us anymore? Like, does this, does allocating a primetime spot on Sunday when, you know, 40 million people could actually be watching NCIS or watching yeah. or not watching this, you know? Yeah. So at, in a certain period, it benefits no one to have it on there. Yeah, like the ad money, and I, I understand that, but you think like the, these massive corporations couldn't shell out some cash to have the Oscars hosted on their platform, you know? Like, would that not be a bigger draw? Well, that's what I them? mean. I feel like... Yeah. I feel like when it's being broadcast, mm-hmm. you're beholden to the ad sales to a degree. Yeah. Like that's why it has to be three hours because, you know, at three hours and one minute, we're going to NCIS, which brings in 40 million viewers every week. Right. And we can guarantee that ad sale to that. Sure. I buy that. Right. That's, I get it. Yeah. If we're putting the Oscars onto Paramount Plus, Paramount Plus, I'm using as a de facto like go to for lack of better options. Sure. Uh, but if we put it on Paramount Plus, there's no ad sales attached to it. Anyone who's gonna watch the Oscars is gonna watch it on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. I was texting you earlier. Football is on Paramount Plus uh, now, and I'm like. Yeah, this is 100%. I would pay double what I'm currently paying for Paramount Plus to watch football every Sunday. Yeah. Um, and many people like, would. And But like, and you can market it to the people that it should be marketed to. You're not trying to like pull people to watch the Oscars. It's like, you're going to give this to the people that want to watch the Oscars. And the yeah. people that want to watch the Oscars want it to be as long as it needs to be. Yep. They want to see every category. They want to see all the speeches. Like you can like make it more appealing mm-hmm. because you can let it be what it wants to be. Right. And you can cut out the BS. 
You can cut out the stuff yeah. that like you're trying to do to draw in this crowd of people that's never going to sit through your show anyway. Yeah. You know, which is most of the show now. It's like trying to cater to a crowd that ain't tuning in no matter what you do. They'll tune into the highlights once they go viral yeah. on Twitter, but you know. But like how how much more as a filmmaker, how much more satisfying would it be to be able to watch you know, whoever wins best actor say their whole speech with no fear of being played off. Oh my God. A level to which like probably at some point there should be, but it doesn't need to be like, yeah, you know, if they're on a roll or something, it can be like, yeah, like let just let them let them go, let them thank who they want to thank. You know, yeah, there's no, we don't have to cut to a commercial. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling on the same point over and over at this point, but I mean, it's the same points that have we've said before. I mean, it's it's the reasoning to keep it on cable or on a network that goes to cable. It's just not really there. If it's the ad money you're after, I mean, what throw ads up on P- on Paramount? Like they have ads. Like if you want to do that yeah. and like do that, I will still sit through Paramount. You know, that's not that's yeah. not a big issue for me. So, yeah. I, it seems like a no-brainer, and so the Academy actually convened last week to discuss the atrocity of <laughs> the last Academy Awards, because yes. that was just a dumpster fire of all kinds, yes. and they were thinking, they're, they're, they're thinking about that, because, um, is it ABC that does the Oscars too? Yes. Or NBC, okay. They basically were not happy, they're still not happy. They weren't happy going into it, they're not happy coming out yeah. of it, so- they're going to have to discuss new options anyways, and this is one of the ones that they're discussing. And, I mean, what is ABC? Is ABC... Disney. Disney? Yeah. So then throw it on Disney Plus, dude. Throw it on Hulu. <laughs> throw it on Hulu. Like, everybody... Come, come on. Come on. Why is this a conversation? Like, this should just be happening immediately. But, actually... Do you think it's because then they'll have to fully engage with streaming movies as a real contender? Do you think that's part of the conversation? <laughs> like, if it's mm. on a streamer, then we have to give like credit and make all of these streamers like applicable now. I think, I think that's the same conversation. If you're yeah. saying, like, if they're saying it makes more sense to host this on streaming solely yeah you can't then turn around and say but streaming isn't the same you know like that's the the example here works better for the emmys of like they couldn't say you know like yeah we're gonna stream it but streamers don't count Um, right right but i mean yeah i think i think that debate of like streamers aren't the same is gonna fade i think that's got two years before everyone's like yeah that's it's nonsense. It's, it's pure nonsense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, especially to tie back, and I feel like uh, all of our topics today have tied back in ways that, like, we weren't really expecting. Definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> but to tie back of like, you know, if the the high quality stuff is what's driving to cinemas, mm-hmm. well, maybe that didn't tie out as well as I'd hoped. But like, you know, like then it becomes less of a conversation because the good right. stuff's going to go to theaters because that's where it's going to make money. Right. You that's, know? A, that's a good point. Yeah. Because I think Netflix is the big holdout there. 
you know, like Netflix is going to do its Netflix thing forever, but I don't, I don't see like prime having any issue putting a movie in theaters. No. Why would you know? I don't see Disney certainly doesn't like Apple probably Paramount doesn't Apple, Apple might flinch at it, but you know, yeah. Apple won best picture last year, so they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want to. (laughs) I don't know. It's interesting. Like it's, it's one of those. I do think in the next couple of years, like all of this will be settled. I think we're in a transitional period right now. That's just going to like become absurdist after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I'm hoping that it all happens soon because we sit here every week and go like, why aren't they doing this? This is such an easy, like just do it. And, and hopefully I mean, and more people are streaming than watching cable at this point. So yeah, like we're almost like basically in the majority at this point of going, well, but like streaming, but like, yeah, streaming, but it's, it's so, this is a, yeah, it's so weird. Quality is going to theaters, potentially streaming is becoming the main thing. Yeah. None of this is really happening the way I thought it would, but it does make sense. But it's know? happening. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we'll, we'll see, man. This is, we'll, we'll have to wait a couple years to really see how yeah. this all plays out. Um, but I'm very curious to see what happens with the Oscars next year. I mean, who knows, yeah. you know, I do feel like I have to put a qualifier in there. So we've been talking, uh, streaming has outdone cable mm-hmm. 34.8% to 34.4% mm-hmm. broadcast, which like ABC, NBC, CBS, ABC, yeah. like that's down at 21%. So that was yeah. passed a long time ago. So like when we're saying like this stuff has to, is the majority now, it's not, like it's beating cable, not even like broadcast stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was kind of the final hurdle to get yeah. over the network stuff. Um, I mean, if you sell a TiVo, let me know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know anyone who does, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So I think that'll just about do it for this episode here, guys. Yeah. Um, Lots of stuff. Lots, Lots of interesting stuff. stuff. I hope that was all coherent. I feel like I was getting a little deep into it there a couple of times. It's okay. That's what they come here for. Guys. That's what you come here for. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Shall we do recommendations here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this was your recommendation. This was mine. Yeah. Mostly because I kind of just started watching a movie this morning uh, that I like watch all the time. Yeah. Uh, and you texted me like recommendation ideas. And I was like, you know what? So our recommendation... Uh, prompt for this week is movies that you come back to every year yes you know be it a comfort movie or just something that good or whatever um something that you come back to time and time again yeah what do you got josh so this was hard because our recommendation list is made up of (laughs) most things that we watch all the time (laughs) (laughs) so this is this was difficult uh I'm actually throwing an audible in right now because I want to Uh-oh. do something different because the one of the movies I was going to recommend is way too close to another movie that I've already recommended. So I'm going off book here and I'm okay. going to recommend uh, Star Wars Episode 3, The Revenge of the Sith. And I'm not kidding. I'm Excellent. dead serious. I watch this movie every year and I don't think it's because I'm like, oh, it's time to watch Revenge of the Sith. I just kind of yeah. like every once in a while it I finds just its throw way. it on. Yeah. And now that's on Disney. Plus. I mean, I have it on DVD as well, but now that's sure. on Disney plus I can just fire it up. Do no you problem. watch it on DVD? No. To tie back into our, 
All right. Well, uh, in previous years before Disney Plus, yes, but since Disney Plus came out, no. Uh, and yeah, so this is episode three of the Star Wars Skywalker Saga, directed by George Lucas, starring Ewan McGregor, uh, Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, it the kind of the list kind of goes on and on. Ian McDermott. I mean, um, and is the prequel to a new hope which is where we meet vader and everything so it's basically yes. you guys know this by this i mean it's li- it's literally the fall of the republic and the rise of the empire and the sith and it genuinely is a good movie i think i like this movie you know it's not it's a star wars movie so you got to take it with a grain of salt but it's the best of the prequels like in hmm. my opinion it's the best there's a lot it- to like about it what were you gonna say? Well, it's interesting because I'm thinking and of like of the ooh, this hurts to say, but of the original six. Yeah. Of the original three and the prequels, I think I've seen this one the least amount of times. Really? Okay. Yeah. Of the prequels, what's the one you've seen the most? I would say probably Phantom Menace. Really. Okay. Yeah. Cause I did see like I was super hyped about that when it first came out in theaters i mean mm-hmm. like i was like 13 so oh dude yeah. you know um <laughs> right that so and i've seen that so it has like a weird place but i like and i've seen um clone wars plenty of times and i mean like i have seen revenge of the sith like a handful, a handful of times yeah. you know um but i would say i'm least versed in in what goes on in that one i got gotcha. you um, I will say this is the movie that I enjoy the most f- from start to finish. It doesn't mm. have too much lag time. Everything seems like it makes sense within reason. Like there's the Phantom Menace I enjoy sort of mm-hmm. just because, again, it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of downtime in that movie. And Attack yeah. of the Clones is like basically unwatchable. But like <laughs> there's something about Revenge of the Sith where I'm like from opening from the opening shot where they're going into that crazy dogfight over Coruscant, and then it's just the clones versus the the droid ships, and it's mm-hmm. Anakin and Obi-Wan flying through. I mean, it's just, it's a pretty well-done film uh, in that regard. The the effects, they've gotten the effects down. They don't look garbage. They actually look pretty good. Yeah. It's, there's one of the better uh, lightsaber fights at the end of this film. Uh, some yeah. of the better performances from Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman in these movies and Sam Jackson, which is hard to get to with it's George Lucas, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, man. It's it's in my Star Wars rankings, which we might do at some point. I have this as number three. This is my number three yeah. favorite Star Wars movie. So got to do it. Yeah, we'll do we'll do some Star Wars stuff yeah. in the future. Yeah. Uh, so it's um, it's interesting to me. I like I'm curious how far apart our star wars rankings would be oh i did a full list of the live action rankings yeah. and i said oh, to I, my brother and i'm like i <laughs> i feel like i have mine pretty much just basically in my head okay although i'd have to revisit the sequels oh yeah we talked about th- we talked yeah. about this the other day because yeah. i have almost no memory of rise of skywalker that's when you know it's the last i'm one. like uh it's when you know yeah. it's the worst one yeah uh so that's my recommendation star wars episode three the revenge of the sith i definitely nice. watch it every year um nice. what do you got what do you got Wes? uh well let's is there a star wars movie movie in production or it like slated yes but it, they just moved it from 2023 to 2024 and i believe it is patty jenkins rogue squadron movie 
Interesting. Okay. I think that's what it was. But there's no Star Wars Because I know we have a ton coming. of TV coming, but yeah, there's... It's been years, and it will be yeah. years. Solo was the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or was... I think Skywalker Rise of Skywalker the was the last yeah. one, and then they filled it all in with all these TV shows. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, so to come back, my recommendation. Well, I was going to say similar in terms of my nostalgia, but I'll just hmm. stop vamping and throw it out there. My <laughs> uh, movie that I revisit every year, pretty much without fail, is um, Back to the Future. Ah, yours way better than mine. Oh man, can't can't believe it hasn't like come up as a recommendation before. Um, yeah. but I. Love this movie. This yeah. movie is so good. This movie is contained. Yeah. Um, it's a very weird thing. Every time I watch this, I'm like, this is not a big story. No, it gets but it's bigger. It's so the good. Yeah. Ones. Well, yeah, you get to you get to Back of the Future two and Back to the Future three, and it's like, here we go. But even like all, if you take all three of them together, like not nearly the scope of like Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not even like, close. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But so well done, so just like classic cinema. I don't, I every year I watch this movie without fail. Like, I just, yeah, there's something about it. It's not nostalgia, although I do mm. have a good amount of nostalgia wrapped around that trilogy. Yeah, I had a digital version of this, um, at one point that some nerds somewhere uh compressed to 1.21 gigabytes. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> um, which is just the best thing. I still have oh it too, it makes god. me so happy. Uh, oh, that's awesome. But it's so good. Like classic Michael J. Fox, classic um, Christopher Lloyd, like literally classic. You can't you can't beat it. I like I don't even know what to talk about about Back to the Future because it's Back to the Future. If you don't know Back to the Future do you, now, do you watch it at any particular point in the year or just you just naturally it usually it just finds like something will trigger me thinking about mm -hmm. it and then I'll think about it for two days and I'll be like, and you're like well, wow, watching the Back to the Future now. Yeah. Is that on a stream? This could right very now? much this this could very well be it. I could just like <laughs> chew on this for two days now and be like, well, okay, now I gotta watch back to the I future. I gotta do it. Uh who what studio was this even? I wanna say Universal. Yeah, it's Universal. Um ah. I just started I just started playing the file on my computer and the Universal logo comes up pretty quick. Perfect. Um, so of course so. they're not they don't have one. So Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Love it. No, talk about franchises that there's nothing else coming around for it. I don't know. Yeah. Which that, that'll be a thing to unpack when it unavoidably gets rebooted or something. Um, I know all those movies from thing. that era are just coming around again. So I'm like, it's, it's, but I've heard no mention, not one yeah. peep. So, yeah. We'll see I'm not. Happens. I'm like. I just had the instinct to Google it, and I'm not going to do that. Don't even do. You know, we'll hear about it. We'll definitely <laughs> hear about it. <laughs> All right, let's bring it home. Let's do um, it. <laughs> I, I feel. I like. I feel like I'm very chatty on this episode. Uh, it's okay. So I apologize, dear listeners. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Oh man, people can find me on the internet on Twitter at Josh Fuller thirty three. Fuller is spelled with no e. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J Fuller. On Letterboxd, you'll see every single movie that I watch day to day. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Willis Film on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Letterboxd. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters, on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod, 
and on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, where you can find all of our recommendations. This is a good one, including Revenge of the Sith and Back to the Future. <laughs> yes, awesome. we did it. I we dig it. it. <laughs> oh, man. See, yeah, this is going to be, I'm going to have to go watch Back to the Future sometime. Yes, yes. And I've already seen Revenge of the Sith this year, but I mean... <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Get (laughs) get one in the bank for next year. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right, man. Cool, Josh. Well, always good to talk to you, as always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just making it very terrible sentences. (laughs) It's always. Uh, Yeah. I'm hanging up now. Yeah. That's it. Uh, (laughs) End of pod.